Hello, my name is Steve Van Cura. We're coming from uh, Bread of Life Bible Study. Uh, these are question and answer sessions, uh, just 30 minutes in length. We'll take one topic and uh, cover it in some detail based on the Word of God. Uh, this uh, We've been talking about faith, and I'm going to continue with that topic. So let's begin first with uh, a prayer. Let's uh, bow our hearts and our heads, Father. Uh, just, Father, your promise is, Jesus said, where two or more are gathered together in my name, there I am in the midst of them. And Father, I just thank you for your presence by your Spirit, Father. And Father, uh, open our eyes to see, our ears to hear, and our minds to perceive and understand what you would reveal to us in your living word. Father, the Bible says all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, reproof, correction, and training in righteousness, Lord. So thank you for bringing this word to life, Lord, and planting this precious seed in our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, we've been talking about faith for a good reason. In the world system, uh, the currency, in a sense, is money. But in the kingdom of God, the currency is faith. Faith. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. He that comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Faith is how we contact uh, and interact with God. Basically, faith is believing what he promises. Uh, the Bible is given unto us as a contract. Basically, uh, the New Testament and the Old Testament, uh, the, the, the uh, Greek word is, is, I think it's actually Latin, testamentum. Uh, you've probably heard of a last will and testament. Okay, well that's uh, a will like that is basically a contract or a piece of paper uh, given by the person uh, who wrote the will, and uh, it comes into effect or goes into action in a sense as soon as the testator, the one who gave the will, dies. Once that person dies, it then the contract or the will uh, it becomes active. And the Bible is like that, okay? And it was the death of Jesus Christ that... Um, in a sense, ratified the promises in the Bible. So uh, the Bible is actually written to those who come into agreement or come into a relationship with God. There's many promises in the scriptures, but basically those promises are to those who submit themselves to God. Uh, there are also statements where God will judge wickedness, but he will bless obedience and righteousness. Uh, Moses one time made this statement. He said, I, I call heaven and earth as a witness before you this day that I place before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Uh, basically, in this uh, Bible, it says, blessing comes from obedience of God's commands, and curses or problems, we'll put it that way, come from disobedience of God's command. 
The way to understand that best is to realize that there are natural laws and spiritual laws. If I walk out and uh, climb up on my roof, for example, uh, jump off my roof and uh, break my leg, I can't say, well, God, why did you do this to me? Why did you break my leg? Well, that'd be foolish, wouldn't it? Uh, I broke my leg and the, the law of gravity just grabbed me and took hold of me the minute I stepped off the edge of that roof, okay? Now, there are also spiritual laws. Paul one time made a statement. He said, the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set me free from the law of sin and death. So there's two laws right there that are spiritual. There's a law of sin and death, and there's a law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. You remember way back in the Garden of Eden, uh, there were two trees in the garden, a tree of life and a tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And God said, do not ever eat of this tree of knowledge of good and evil, because the day that thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die. Well, that's the law of sin and death. And so uh, the devil came into the garden, deceived Eve, uh, in, in, uh, to basically said God wasn't being honest with her. Uh, the devil came in and caused her to doubt the Word of God. Uh, remember, the devil's tools are always fear and doubt. Fear and doubt. So uh, Adam and Eve both partook of that uh, forbidden tree and they uh, reaped spiritual death, separation from God. Okay, so there are spiritual laws and physical laws. Now, uh, faith is the means by which we believe God's promises uh, so that He can impart to us and act in us what the blessings that He wants to give. Okay, We said, without faith it is impossible to please God. He that comes to God must believe that He is and that He is a rewarder of, the, of those that diligently seek Him. Okay, Now, let's illustrate this a little bit. Um, there's a story I heard one time about Napoleon. Uh, Napoleon, of course, was a, a general uh, in the French army, and uh, he uh, was a mighty warrior, and he fought many battles and won a lot of battles, uh, was powerful in, in the battlefield. And there's a story about uh, Napoleon one time was on his horse, and he was around all of his troops, and that horse suddenly started bucking and jumping, uh, you know, rising up. Uh, and uh, Napoleon was in danger of falling off that horse, okay? Uh, if you've been around horses, I mean, it, it can be dangerous. Uh, and so suddenly, uh, one of uh, the privates, uh, a young soldier, uh, ran over and grabbed the reins of, of Napoleon's horse and got that horse calmed down uh, uh, so that uh, uh, Napoleon was safe, okay? Napoleon looked at that private, and he said, Thank you, Captain. Now, in other words, he just called him a much higher rank than he was. He was a private. But what's interesting is the, the private could have said, Oh, sir, you're mistaken. Uh, look, look at my stripe on my arm. I, I'm just a private. But very interestingly, the, the man instead, 
when the Napoleon called him a captain, the young man said, of which regiment, sir? And Napoleon looked at him and said, the 23rd. And so this man walks over to the 23rd regiment and he said, I'm your new captain. I'm your new captain. And they said, well, what are you talking about? You know, who, who said you're the new captain? And he turned around and he pointed to Napoleon and he said, he did. So the, the illustration here is that Napoleon, who was the powerful general, simply said to the man, called him a captain. And by faith, this is what faith, an example, the man said, uh, of which regiment? In other words, he believed what Napoleon said. He accepted, okay, I'm a captain now. So of which regiment? And he asked Napoleon, and Napoleon said, the 23rd. So he marches over, and he acts on what Napoleon said. And in a sense, God is the same way. God works through people whose hearts are yielded to him, just as the devil works through people whose hearts are yielded to him. And so uh, I have to believe that I am who God says I am. God says I am more than a conqueror. And that greater is he that is in me, that's Christ, than he that is in the world. I have to believe what he says. All right, now I'm going to give you another little story. There's a story about a Texas rancher. One day was out walking around in the range, and he looked up in the sky, and he all saw an eagle flying around, just that eagle flying around. And he was watching closely and saw that eagle go up on, into the cliffs uh, a few miles away or some distance away. And uh, so the man thought, well, I'll bet there's a nest up there. And so he started hiking up the cliffs, up, up the edge of the mountain or whatever, and uh, sure enough, found an eagle nest. And in the eagle nest, there were some eagle eggs. So this rancher grabbed one of those eggs and he kind of slid it into his pocket. And then he hiked back down to the ranch. And he slid that eagle egg under one of his chickens in the chicken house, all right? So over time, this eagle hatches out and uh, pecks, you know, pecks through the egg and is a little uh, baby eagle and starts hiking around and living with the chickens. He's with the little chickens and, uh, you know, pecking in the ground, eating some grain and that kind of thing, you know. And uh, that little eagle is growing up with the chickens there. But one day that eagle is out and he looks up in the sky and he sees an eagle flying around. And he is just amazed. He said, he's just amazed with that eagle uh, about how he could soar through the air. And he thought, oh man, I wish I could do that. I wish I could fly around like that. Now, of course, this is an eagle, and he can do exactly what that eagle was doing up there. But the problem is, he'll ne it'll never happen. You know why? Because he thinks he's a chicken. He thinks he's a chicken. And you see, uh, there's a scripture that says, As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. The reality is, however I see myself, whatever I believe about myself will be exactly who I act in life, all right? If I think I'm a loser, then I'm going to be a loser, all right? If I think I'm more than a conqueror, 
if I'm self, if I'm confident in God, that God can guide me in business or whatever and bless me, then in faith I can act on what I believe, all right? As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. And then another scripture says, uh, ye be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Now, there's so many promises in the Word of God where God uh, promises victory in so many situations. He'll promise protection from diseases, protection from the devil. Uh, he promises blessing for obedience of His commandments. There's so many, so many promises. And, and for me to receive those promises and to live the blessings that God offers, I have to believe what He says. And literally, I have to change the, uh, what I believe about myself, about others. Uh, and the way we do that is by uh, believing the Word of God, reading the Word of God, praying the Word of God, confessing the Word of God, acting on the Word of God. And, and uh, in that process, it, that the Word of God changes me. It changes the way I see myself, and it will change my behavior, and it literally will change my life. All right, now, uh, and faith is the means by which I receive the grace from God. Faith is a gift from God. Uh, the Bible says that God deals to every man the measure of faith. Uh, we get some faith, but the only way to make the faith grow is to act on it, to start using the faith that I have, and then faith will increase, if that makes sense. It's like a muscle. You've got some muscles. You want bigger muscles? Well, then start exercising, building the muscles you have, and your muscles will get bigger and bigger. And faith is the same way. As we exercise faith, faith will grow. Faith will grow. All right. Now, uh, as the Bible says, faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. So the, as I read the Word of God, literally the Spirit of God in, uh, empowers the Word the Bible says um, uh, that Jesus said, My words are spirit, and they are life to those that find them. The Word of God is alive and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. It's able to divide asunder soul and spirit, joint and marrow, and determines the thoughts and intents of the heart. Okay, So the, the Word is alive. The word, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The Word of God is God. You know, we'd all like to be able to talk to God. Well, the way God talks to us uh, is predominantly through the Word of God. And so reading the Word is so essential uh, because then it, it puts God to work, in a sense, uh, in our lives. The Bible said it is God that works within you both to will and to do of His good purpose. Uh, so to put God, uh, put His Word in me is the way I get God in me. All right. Now I'm going to give you another example of faith. Uh, there, there's a woman, but there's a story in the Bible about a woman uh, who had a medical problem. She had some vaginal or female bleeding, and apparently it was quite severe. The Bible says she suffered this problem for 12 years. 12 years she had this persistent, heavy uh, female bleeding, okay? And, and according to uh, the Hebrew or 
Israeli laws, uh, she was considered unclean in a sense that she could not associate it with other people. All right. So you can imagine the misery uh, that she went through. The Bible says she went uh, to physicians, spent all of the money she had uh, trying to get uh, uh, you know, rid of this uh, medical problem, this hemorrhage, female hemorrhage. But then the Bible says she heard about Jesus. And there's a scripture in Malachi. The Bible says, when the Son of Righteousness comes, he will come with healing in his wings. Now, that's, that's one of those promises, okay? Uh, the, the Son of Righteousness is the Messiah. That's the Son of David. Uh, that's Jesus. He is the Messiah. And he's anointed. Remember, his ministry was teaching, preaching, and healing. Because in him was the Spirit of God. And, and uh, the Spirit of God is the power of God that could provide healing or anything of God's promises. But the Bible says that this woman heard about Jesus. Then she said to herself, If I but touch the hem of his garment, I will be healed or made whole. And she said, said that to herself based on that promise in Malachi, that when the Son of Righteousness comes, he will come with healing in his wings. Now let me explain what wings are. Uh, a rabbi or a teacher of the law, as was Jesus, they wore this um, uh, kind of a shawl called a tallit. It's called a prayer shawl. And I'm sure you've probably seen pictures of that when Jewish men uh, wear these prayer shawls uh, and they will uh, put them up over their head uh, when they pray, okay? And uh, the big, there's kind of a big portion of the shawls that hang down over their sides and they had these tassels on the end called tzitzit, tzitzit. Okay, and, and those tassels have special knots in them that basically correlate with the name of Yahweh, the name of God. And, and that part that hangs down on that tallit is called the wings, the wings. So that uh, promise in Malachi said, when the Son of Righteousness comes, he will come with healing in his wings. So she understood, man, Jesus is the Messiah. So, if I go but touch the hem of his garment, I will be made whole. She believed the promise. She believed it. So then she, the Bible says she uh, you know, started searching and trying to find out where Jesus was. She pushed through the crowd. Now, remember, she was considered unclean. So, in a sense, she was not supposed to be associating with people. All right? But her faith drove her on. She pushed through the crowd. And the Bible says she came up behind Jesus. Jesus was looking the other direction. But she reached out and grabbed the, the margin or the hem of that prayer shawl. And suddenly, power, power flowed from Jesus into her. And she knew it. She felt it. And the Bible says Jesus himself perceived that power or virtue had flowed from him. And so he turned around. Remember, he was looking the other way. She came up behind him, and she reached out and touched the hem of his garment. And sure enough, she was healed, just like that promise in Malachi. And Jesus, perceiving that power uh, had flowed from him, he said, turned around and said, Who touched me? Who touched me? And the 
of course, there was a big crowd around, and the disciple says, Jesus, what are you talking about? Uh, everybody's pushing and shoving and touching you, you know. Uh, so what do you mean, who touched you? But see, Jesus knew that somebody touched him in faith, in faith. And faith is what causes the power of God to flow. Remember, for by grace are you saved or healed through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is a gift of God. And she demonstrated her faith. Her faith was based on the promise of God. Remember we said, your faith can rise no higher than your knowledge or understanding of the Word of God. And then she voiced her faith. If I but touch the hem of his garment, I will be healed. And then she acted on it. She went and found Jesus, pushed through the crowd, and then acted and reached out and touched the hem of his garment. All of these things were uh, the way of her acting out her faith, her faith. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. He that comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek, seek him. Well, obviously, she diligently sought out the Messiah. She would not take no for an answer. She pushed through the crowd, reached out and grabbed that garment, and boom, the power of God flowed. She was healed. Jesus knew it. He turned around and, and said, who touched me? And the Bible says that the woman, now, she knew she was discovered. She knew, uh-oh, you know, uh, he's asking for me. You know, so she falls down at his feet and, and confesses all. The Bible says that it's me. I, you know, I'm the one that touched you, you know, and I sense the power flowing from you to me. And Jesus said to the woman, he said, your faith has healed you. Your faith has healed you. Now go and be free of your infirmity. So now this is amazing. Remember, Jesus was looking the other way. He wasn't even looking at this woman, okay? But she acted in faith. Now I'm just going to say, the power to heal was there. But it wasn't until she acted in faith that the power flowed. I like to compare the power, you know, if I'm in a room and there are wall plugs, electric plugs in the wall, you know, there's power there all the time. But, it, but that power is not going to go anywhere until I go plug uh, an electric cord into something. Let's say I've got a fan or something and I plug it into the wall, all right? Only then is power going to flow to accomplish what I'm I want to do, like run my fan, all right? And, and that's the way this works. The power of God is always present. It's everywhere, okay? Uh, and it may be more pronounced uh, in a church service or something of this sort, somebody that's ministering uh, the Word of God. But our job is simply to act on our faith in what God says so that He can accomplish in us the promise. Now, one more quick story, okay? Goliath, remember this uh, guy David? Uh, one time David came to the battlefield and there was a big old giant out there named Goliath. And Goliath was challenging, challenging the troops of Israel. You know, of course, giant, the, Goliath is huge, you know? 
And the whole, all of the troops on uh, Saul's side were scared. They were scared. Uh, they didn't want to go out and fight that Goliath. Goliath said, just send in your best man, you know, and uh, we'll fight together, you know. So, well, David shows up, and of course, he's just a kid, maybe 17 years old, probably skinny or whatever. I don't know. But David was absolutely incensed. He was upset because this guy was cursing God. Goliath was cursing Yahweh. And David, boy, that made him angry. He, was, he loved God and served God. And, and so he started, uh, said, I, I will fight Goliath. And the Bible says David actually ran towards Goliath. All right, He didn't hide behind the bushes or something like that. But he yelled at Goliath. He said, who are you, you uncircumcised Philistine? I am in covenant with the living God. And this day, I'm going to cut your head off and feed you to the vultures. Okay? Now, what was he doing? My goodness. He was acting in faith. Okay? He, those promises like, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. He had so much confidence in God that he acted on all of God's promises that no weapon formed against you shall prosper. And so he, you know, slung that sling around uh, through the rock at Goliath, and then the power of God came. And man, the power of God moved that rock so hard, so fast, that it hit Goliath in the forehead, and it killed him. It killed him. Faith is what accomplished this. David's confidence in God. And when we have confidence in God and declare, decree, the greater is God in me than he that is in the world, then God can do something powerful through us. One of the things David said, he said, I, I fought a bear, you know, and I killed the bear, and I fought the lion, and I killed the lion. And that's when he said, who are you, you uncircumcised Philistine? Now, guess who sent David when he was out taking care of the lambs? Who sent the bear? Who sent the lion? Amazingly, God did. But when David fought the lion and killed him, and he fought the bear and killed him, he did it by the power of God. God was training David because God knew that he was soon going to have to come up against Goliath. So by the time he got to Goliath, he was so confident in his faith in God that he didn't even slow down. He ran to Goliath and he killed him. And then he took Goliath's own sword and chopped his head off. Chopped his head off. And you see, Goliath is a type of the devil. And we have to fight. We're always in a fight. And the devil will always try to come with uh, fear and doubt to defeat us. But we cannot let him do that. We have to hold on to our faith. To fight the good fight of faith. To take hold of the eternal life to which God has given us in Christ. So... I'm going to close with a, a prayer. And um, my blessings to you. Paul one time said, he says, Grace and peace be unto you for God our, from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace is God's power. And I decree God's promises in your life that he would bless you through his word and the faith you have in him and in his word so that you can walk victoriously in life. And that one day you will hear the master say, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of thy father's kingdom. 
In Jesus' name, amen.